Hello world, welcome back to the Being Martina podcast. It's me, Martina. Here we are this week. So for this week, I am excited to be posting this week, feeling up to it. Um, I really kind of had debated on what I wanted to talk about this week. Um, It's been rough lately, as I've been talking about, I've been processing and coping with things that have gone on with my dad. The holidays were weird, um, but then my birthday is the month after, like almost exactly a month after Christmas. So it's just a weird time of the year this year, and it's been a little rough. It's all been good and for the better, but it's been a lot to process. So I was considering talking about The Prisoner of Azkaban this week. I will probably do that soon. I'm currently reading the fifth Harry Potter book, woohoo, um, and I was considering doing that as like an act of self-care to just not, you know, give myself more, another break of thinking about these things, but it just didn't feel right this week, doesn't feel authentic, just doesn't feel real to where I'm at and, and what I'm doing, and I think it's important to talk about these things, um, so this is like my own little therapy session, I want to always use what I am going through to help others not feel so alone. Um, That's pretty much the whole entire intent. I'm not going to totally change the world with anything that I'm necessarily doing here, although I think that this is a step in the direction, but I just want people to know that they're not alone. So, um, obvious content warning, trigger warning for this episode, I'm going to talk about psychological self-harm. I am not talking about physical self-harm. That is something I've never um, dealt with. Um, And I'm not talking about suicidality or anything like that. I am just talking about ways in which I'm discovering some of the ways that I essentially harm myself psychologically and all of that not so pleasant stuff. So I totally understand if this is an episode you want to skip out on. So, I have been just, you know, for a while processing all of this stuff and beginning to realize that um, I saw my parent as a totally different person than how they actually are. Um, Today, I was kind of realizing I essentially bought into who my parent wanted me to think of them as, the persona they built up. I bought into it. And, um, it's a very tough thing realizing that your parent is not at all the person you thought they were. And in doing that, um, I'm starting to come to realize the places that I have cut myself off within myself, if that makes sense. So, in realizing that my parent was an, a narcissistic, abusive person, I'm realizing that being around a person like that, in a book that I'm reading, is really helping me, it's called Power, I forget what the subtitle is, but it's by Shahida Arabi, I completely recommend it, even if you are pretty, excuse me, pretty positive, you've never been in uh, any kind of relationship of any kind, with um, a narcissist, it's still, I think, a really important read for understanding strangers, <laughs> you know, knowing how to set boundaries and just understanding manipulation and kind of how narcissism works and how 
the psychology community, if you will, very broad spectrum there is starting to understand it more. Um, and it's a bit more prevalent than you would maybe think. So the book is helping me realize that I've had some realizing to do about who my father was to me. And realizing that I also have not looked at myself with a very positive image. Um, my mother is a wonderful person. And on that side of the family, there's some really, really great people that have built our family to where it is. Um, I have a lot of self-esteem from that, but then I have a very poor sense of self-esteem on the other end of things from that side of the family and my father. And that, of course, affects my self-image and my self-esteem. So putting those things together, as I've mentioned before, I think on the, the podcast, I get triggered when I am happy in life and when I am doing well. Um, I mean, some of that is just self-doubt and self-doubt is worse when you've been in, a, in an abusive situation. But I literally am triggered by feeling happy and excited and good about things. So here lately, I feel like I'm in the best place in my life that I've ever been, period. And, you know, I had a, a, a bulk of time where I felt really good about that. And then I had a bulk of time where I felt really terrible about that. And I'm kind of on the tail end of that and getting out of that. So it's things like pursuing what I want to do in life, living my life for myself, telling people no, setting boundaries, like loving myself and living my life for myself is really hard for me. Um, I power through and I do it anyways. Um, I can't think about it too much usually because like I said, I'll it will trigger things and I'll sit there and ruminate and ruminate and ruminate. I just knew that the first steps I needed to make when I started changing my life in towards this direction where I'm setting boundaries was just to do it without thinking too much about it. Um, and it's really helped me get to where I'm at. But now I'm at this place where things are settling down and I'm coping with and healing through the terrible thought processes that my father passed on to me, basically in having to live my life for someone else. And I don't think people understand what it is like to grow up with a narcissist or be in a relationship with a narcissist, be friends with a narcissist, you know, any kind of, even if you, even if you have a boss or a coworker, I mean, it's soul sucking. Um, and my relationship with my father was for me to be living my life 100% of the time for him, make him feel better, um, comfort him, especially as someone that's born, um, uh, or sorry, AFAB, assigned female at birth, um, there was misogyny in there too. So it was like, as your role as a woman and as my daughter is to be this way, support me 100% of the time. And, you know, it, it really is sickening that someone can be like that, <laughs> but that's been my situation. And beneath all of that, so I've kind of started setting the foundation for helping you understand where my psychological self-harm comes from. 
my father, we're not in contact. We're not a part of each other's lives right now. And it probably won't get super great (laughs) past this. Um, But in the meantime, a lot of the chatter has gone on in my head. And I feel like I can think a little more clearly. But at the same time, I find myself cutting myself off from doing things that I know I would enjoy and that I know I would like. Um, If you've been through depression, you kind of know what that's like when you isolate yourself from your friends and your family, um, even though you know it's a good thing for you to do. Um, That can be kind of like an unfortunate byproduct of depression. Take that and amplify it. I don't know by by what number, but it's this discipline that I have in my, I've built up in my mind in order to survive that situation with my father, where in order to make it to the next moment, I had to essentially convince myself and manipulate um, my father into thinking that everything was fine with me. I felt fine. I felt fine. Even though as a kid, I wasn't completely aware of what was going on, but even though I felt horrible, I felt like a horrible person and a terrible sense of self-esteem, it was learning to lie to myself and lie to my father and anyone else that my father wanted me to lie to and, um, you know, build up this, basically this story, um, in this, this picture that everything's just hunky-gory, you know, um, which I would say is a, a pretty, pretty common thing with um children of abuse it's very hard to go out to the real world and watch everyone else out of a normal or not everyone but a lot of people have the sense of a normal quote-unquote normal family and then look at yours and be like what yeah no everything's fine you know so um that is one way in which like i basically have taught myself to manipulate myself to um, cut myself off before I even get started and to to doubt myself and to say, well, I, this, you know, this could never happen. This, it's just, we're not going there. And I had kind of talked about that with my sexuality and my gender. And it's kind of this thing of like, just, again, very disciplined, very just... You think you're going to go there? Okay, yeah, go there. Try to go there. Basically internalizing the voice of my father, um, daring me to try to stand up for myself and being like, well, you're going to be punished, so good luck with that. Um, That dangling it in your face and internalizing that. And um, I've realized that that has kept me back, held me back from doing many things in life that I've wanted to do. Um, Luckily, I like I said, I always had my mother, and I do have a sense of actual good self-esteem so that's what keeps pushing me forward but it's this nagging thing that's been holding me back and really even so a great example you know I'm trying to start playing music and I haven't really played music for a while like at least five years um and you know I always had a dream of being in a band or being a, a a touring musician or being an artist of some kind. And I really just gave that up, um, at some point for many reasons. But one of the big reasons I'm realizing is because it was something I loved. So I just was like, well, guess we got to destroy that. We just got to give that up. Um, and now I'm finally getting back to a place where 
I just got a new guitar and I was playing it last night and it that's the first time in since I got a guitar my first guitar that I sat down and was like this is I love this like this this is what I was meant to do one of the things I was meant to do on earth so I just wanted to to kind of to to talk about that and um, if there's anyone out there that struggles with a similar thing, um, please know that you're not alone. I know it's incredibly difficult to feel like you are not alone because you, it's a weird thing, you know? Um, it's hard for me to know that that's something that I deal with and then to look around and be like, does anyone else have this problem where, you know, you, you know what you love in life, but you intentionally sabotage your own dreams and the things that you love in life um just because you have such deep self-hatred in there somewhere um and for me it's kind of a weird thing because it'll just like come kind of come up out of nowhere for me so it's been something that I'm like okay big red flag how do I start dealing with this so um I have a little app on my phone called WISA W-Y-S-A I highly recommend it it is basically a chat bot, an automated chat bot. They do have um, coaches on there now, which is really cool. It's like really cheap to do per month if you were to do that. Um, but you can chat with it and it'll go through um, like cognitive behavioral therapy techniques. So it's always working on helping you reshape your thoughts. So the biggest thing that I've taken away from what in my conversations with the chat bot is they talk about positive intent. So whenever you have a negative thought or an unpleasant thought, what is the intent behind that thought? What is your thought really trying to tell you? Are you, are you lacking something in your life? Is there a need that's going unmet? Like what, what are you really wanting to achieve that your mind is warping into a negative feeling that you're you know, latching onto and self-loathing with. And then reframing from there your thought into a positive, action-focused thought. So, um, you know, if you are having a negative thought that you don't have purpose in life, for instance, what's the intent behind that? Well, I want to have purpose in life. So how can I feel like I have purpose in life? Well, um, if I get plugged in somewhere, I feel like I have purpose or, you know, like it tuning into yourself and in what makes sense to you. So I am trying to continue to apply that to my negative thinking and it really does help. It keeps it very action focused and very, um, especially when you get stuck on the really negative thoughts that just seem impossible to tackle. Like, no, this is just, this is true, you know, <laughs> like I feel like a piece of crap and that's true. You know, you have those times. And um, keeping action focused really helps me feel like I have control over it. Like I can change this. I can change this thought um, and I can change this feeling. Um, now, one thing I will say, I was listening to The Hilarious World of Depression the other day and it was one of their recent ones I think it was called like, am we talk good or something. It was talking about mental health terms and how, um, you know, bad terms, um, 
can really stigmatize and affect how we see people with mental illness and things like that. And one person on there was talking about dealing with their negative thoughts. Sometimes it feels like we have to make a space in our brain for them. And that's not true. Um, They were using the analogy of, so you have a negative thought. It's like you have a barn and a bird flies in. Okay, well, a bird flew in. No big deal. You notice it. And eventually the bird's going to fly out. No big deal. But you don't build a nest for that bird in the barn. So don't make a space in your brain for negative negative thinking and negative thoughts. And I really related to that because I feel like I have to tackle them and be like, well, this is just a thing that happens with me. So essentially let me build a nest to allow this. And, and not this isn't the way I think of it, but essentially what I'm doing is allowing space for that negative thought to take up more space in my mind than it deserves instead of just noting, okay, I'm having that thought today. And okay. You know, there's there's sometimes when those kind of certain kind of thoughts come up and don't make a nest for them is what I'm learning. So I just wanted to talk about that, get it off my chest, I guess, and um, encourage you all to continue to take care of yourself and love yourself. And I am telling you right now in this episode, I know how incredibly difficult that is sometimes, especially when you have been in an abusive situation. You can't just fix your brain and turn it around like that. But you do have control and I encourage you to figure out what that looks like for you, um, whether it's some of the techniques that I'm using or whether it's something different Um, whatever that may be, but maybe it's reading Harry Potter and thinking of things as Dementors and, um, you know, the love of Lily Potter and your Patronus and your, um, your Lumos. So, um, yeah. So thank you for tuning in this week. Um, if you listened all the way through, thank you so much. Um, I hope, I hope it did some good in the world. I hope, hope it, um, makes you feel less alone and helps some people out there. Um, as always, keep on trucking, keep doing your thing, and I promise it will be much lighter um, here again soon. I would say next week. Um, I'm thinking maybe I'll do Prisoner of Azkaban next week. I don't know. It seems like a good idea. We'll see. I'm in the Harry Potter zone, so we shall see. We shall see. So I will talk to you guys again next week about something else. <laughs>